Hi, I'm Austin. I'm Alex. And you're listening to One Last Breath, uh, where we discuss controversial, bizarre, divisive, and downright abysmal albums. Uh, today's episode is going to be on Fashionably Late, the second studio album released in 2013 by the post-hardcore, metalcore, rap outfit following <laughs> in reverse. Uh, Fashionably Late was the introduction of rap, electronica, and even country to their sound. They had a little bit of electronica in their first album, yeah, but it, was, yeah. it wasn't, a little as bit of much, in there. wasn't as much as it is here. Um, it's a pretty drastic change from The Drug and Me is You, their 2011 album, which was a highly anticipated debut album, uh, being the first album to feature Ronnie Radke since Escape the Fates, 26, 2006, Dying is Your Latest Fashion, and since him being out of prison. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the infamous Ronnie Radke. Speaking of, it, it was full of turmoil between the two, like I said. Uh, so on May 6, 2006, while participating in a fight, Chase Raider, a friend of Radke, who... Um, had brought to the fight for backup, fatally shot 18-year-old Michael Allen Cook and wounded another. Uh, Raider was arrested and charged for murder, but despite him confessing, the district attorney declined to prosecute. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Radke, however, um, pled guilty. Oh, it was self-defense is why yeah. he refused to prosecute. Radke pleaded guilty to battery and owning brass knuckles, which was illegal in Nevada, as most of the country. Yeah. <laughs> um, he was on, so he was on probation for five years. Um, during this time, I believe he was still in Falling in Reverse. You mean Escape the Fate? Or Escape the Fate. Mm. He was still in Escape the Fate. Um, he was for, I think, two years after this happened. Because he was, um, I guess, he was doing his, uh, probation. Yeah. And I guess he, like I put in there, he... He was on the run. He probably went on tour with them. Well, I think he was... Maybe not. I think he was, uh, from what I read, he was, um... Not allowed to leave the state of uh, yeah, Nirvana. Yeah, probation. Almost said, almost said the state of Nirvana. The state of Nevada for his probation, so the band was just kind of in a, like like a weird, stalemate. Yeah, because yeah. when you can't tour, especially when you have a release as big as Dying is Your Latest Fashion. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, he, he was there until he actually went to prison. Right? Yeah, but after months on the run, he didn't show up to meetings with his probation officer. He ended up with two and a half years in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, after going to prison, he was, of course, kicked out of Escape the Fate, and they replaced him with X Bless the Falls, Craig Mabbitt. Craig Mabbitt. <laughs> um, now, during his stint in prison, Ronnie actually began um, writing uh, the lyrics to a new project. Um, originally titled From Behind These Walls, I mean, later changed to Falling in Universe. It, it, it's it's fitting, a good one. he was yeah. in prison. <laughs> but it was later changed to Falling in Universe due to copyright infri- uh, infringement. Now, imagine being his cellmate. <laughs> he's writing the drug in me is you we need to know who this was um do you think ronnie like ran ideas by him <laughs> imagine being the guy that ronnie's bouncing ideas off of in prison Here's... <laughs> so uh do you like this line trapped inside a diliger diligently pacing away and he's just like please fucking shut up it's like hmm, what about this one <laughs> bitch you gave me the fucking clap <laughs> that one's good um so in 2009 he was able to release a demo uh, due to have, already having connections to the music industry. Uh, and then he was released from prison in December of 2010, and the band, very quickly after, hit the studio, signed to Epitaph Records, and released The Drug and Me Is You in June of 2011. Uh, like we said, the album had some synth, and it had some kind of rapping parts on, like, Pick Up the Phone. Yeah, I mean, it was, I guess, pseudo-rapping. It, yeah, it was of, kind yeah. of rap. It was really just fast singing, yeah, but it could yeah. almost be considered a proto-rap for him. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you could hardly look at that and 
figure out what was coming next. Yeah, certainly no no precursor to anything that's unfashionably late. Now, in 2012, uh, Radke said the new album was underway, uh, going on Twitter to say, people don't understand how many light years my next album is from the last one. Uh, and in 2013, the band released the lead single alone with accompanying music video. Uh, the song began with the electronic beat, leading to a refrain of the chorus, oh, this is the end of everything that I've known, and then drops into a mini breakdown. Yeah, so everything at this point, yeah, pretty, pretty normal, pretty standard a universe. little more electronic yeah, yeah. compared to the last album, but a lot of bands around this time were going that way, yeah. like Asking Alexandria and yeah, the likes. Yeah. Um, but then, then comes Radke, then comes Ronnie, <laughs> with uh, the famous line, White boy on the beat, rocking Gucci sneaks. <laughs> All I do is win. Cha cha cha, Charlie Sheen. Okay. Uh, no one was Bars. ready for this. Bars. Nobody was ready for this. <laughs> no, nobody was. Uh, I remember, I remember hearing that and wondering what was going on, but continuing to listen to it as a joke, as we did in those days. Yeah, I mean, because you know, me and Austin both were huge fans. I mean, still are huge fans of. Uh, Dying is really fashion, fashion and the Dragon Muse. They're both incredible albums. Yeah, like I, I love both of those albums to this day. So I mean, it so, was pretty hype when they were yeah, it was, with this new it was stuff, exciting. So. And we listened to this out. Al- we listened to this song a lot as a single, and I, it slowly grew on me. Yeah, yeah. Least, I think it grew on you as well. Yeah. Um, but coming out first, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it doesn't let up on questionable bars. He starts bragging about money, women, street cred. The stuff you could expect from rap, but he's a metal vocalist. Yeah, but I'm not a rapper. <laughs> exactly. Um, the critics and audience, n- neither of them like, liked it. Yeah. Uh, many really criticizing it uh, for rap and metalcore being integrated along with the use of autotune. Yeah. Cause I mean, uh, and I bet somewhere there was someone being like, oh god, not another Limp Bizkit. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, obviously new Metal was well established at this point, but this But new Metal was dead at this point. new Metal had been dead for, like, 13 years, really. Yeah, and, like, I mean, even if new Metal, like, this is not new Metal style, it's, like, electronica metalcore rap. Yeah, it's it's really strange. Like, nothing that had really been done before. It is a new thing. It's It's something that... Has only been done by Falling in Reverse, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, essentially. Okay, so uh, two more singles were released in the same month. The title track, Fashionably Late, and mm-hmm. the song, Born to Lead. Yeah, uh, I don't... It's it's weird. I definitely remember Fashionably Late coming out. I remember hearing that yeah. before hearing the album. I don't remember hearing Born I rem- to Lead. I, remember, I don't remember hearing Born to Lead. I remember hearing Alone. I remember hearing Fashionably Late. Yeah. And, that's, that's, and his Gangster's Paradise from... Uh, oh, was that before? Punk the... Goes 90s. Yeah, that was yeah. the first... I, I believe... That was the first foray into rap we got from Ronnie, but it Maybe. made a lot of sense for yeah. Gangsta's Paradise. Um, but both songs got a much better reaction uh, because they were they sounded more like what we had gotten from The Drug Is Me Is You. Not quite the same, yeah. but uh, closer. Yeah, like Fashionably Late is kind of a pop punk track, like yeah, like kind of kind of similar to me, like uh, Tragic Magic from The Drug Is Me. It has like a upbeat, yeah, like, fun fun feel. And then Born to Lead is pretty pretty heavy, you know. Yeah. I think it has a little rapping on it, if I, Maybe. If I remember. I, we'll, I don't, we'll definitely get to that in our notes. Yeah, we'll definitely but, get that in our notes. But um, the album was released the next month in June. In June of 2013, um, it got generally mixed to negative reviews from critics. <laughs> many criticizing the rap style, sound effects, auto-tune. 
Um, another common gripe was the mixing of genres within and between songs, many believing it was a mess. Um, yeah, it has some pretty drastic changes. It does have some really drastic songs. changes, even in inside the same song sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking, speaking of hip-hop into his music, Radke uh, said, My dad raised me on metal, but my first serious love was hip-hop. When I heard Dre's... The Chronic was when I fell in love. Um, Jason Lemongrover of AllMusic.com chimed in on the genre blending, saying, Falling in Reverse deserves credit for the musical versatility on Fashionably Late. Still, it's highly doubtful that anyone other than a true blue fan would be able to get past the asinine boasts, the overwhelming misogyny, and the pure outlandishness of it all. <laughs> Which is fair. Yeah, yeah. It's very misogynistic, fair. but so is the first album. Are, are we true blood True blue fans? (laughs) That's to be decided. But, like, the first album also had misogyny, and it was received much better. Like, pick up the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Um, But it's just, it's more clear in this album. Yeah, I think. As opposed to being veiled behind Ronnie's less than stellar harsh vocals. So, the songs themselves are a disaster, stated absolute punk in their 5 out of 100 review. That's that's rough. (laughs) Everything is trashy and over the top, but generally rubbish, too. Basically, this is probably the worst album ever created by a serious group of musicians. Have you heard Lulu? Have, have you guys heard Lulu? <laughs> Absolute punk. Have you heard Lulu? And, and Lulu <laughs> was, was new at this point. <laughs> yeah. Well, not new. It was a couple years old. But, yeah, um, but... <laughs> and the most fitting review, Craig Magazine poked fun by saying, Kay tries to decide if Falling Universe's new album is genius or guff. To be honest, we're still not sure. Uh, they ultimately ended up giving it a score of fuck no. Yeah, that's that's the funniest thing. Like, I, I've known about that for a while. I mean, because, you know, I'm sure you, like me, just look at Wikipedia articles yeah. of shit all the time just for fun. Like, it, it was always funny to me going to the reception of the album it's tab. Just, it's it's just, just like, number, 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 fuck no. And the yeah, numbers again. Like, I mean, understandable. Yeah, I tried, when I was writing this up, I tried to find the full review on Kerrang!, but is the, it gone? Yeah, the link to it on their website sadly was was not up. So you know, uh, you they, could always way back. We could always way back machine it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so if you're interested, back. you could always try to way back machine the article, and I, yeah, I know that I'm going to after we finish this. Yeah, podcast. I'm sure. I'm sure some uh, really good, really good uh, quotes could have came from that. But <laughs> um, so ever since this polarizing and at times very questionable album, Fall Universe has gone to release two more studio albums: uh, 2015's Just Like You and 2017's Coming Home. Both containing little to no traces of fashionably late rap heavy style, which mm-hmm. I I actually didn't know. I have this is the last fashionably late was the last album I listened to by Falling in Reverse. Yeah, I listened. I remember you probably remember the single just like you. I do like, remember yeah, the single. And like I that didn't lot, like lot, it that yeah, much. Yeah, it was. It's all right. Uh, I, let's I see. I am aware that I am an asshole. I really don't care yeah. about all that. Yeah, other. It yeah, is, yeah. And then um, it also had the guillotine part. Part four. Four, and then it also had My Apocalypse Part Two on it. Yeah, I've listened. I to, remember those. Yeah, I've listened to the album in full, like when it came out. I don't remember much about it when I was like when I was digging uh, up some stuff for this write up. Um, I think I found that one of the songs on Just Like You had rap, but it definitely it was more like low key. Like it wasn't anything over the top like this album. Yeah. Fucking, white boy swagger shit it was just kind of like a mellow song with rapping and it seems and like then, it seems like he's gotten better at rapping yeah and then um, and then coming home um, i've never listened to that but i've i've heard it's kind of like a 
space rock album. Huh. And the the cover has an astronaut on it. That's so interesting. Like a Coheed Cambria type thing. Maybe. I've Weird. Ne- I've never heard anything from it, so I can't really speak on that. Um, but. <laughs> but either way, starting in 2018 with single Losing My Mind, they just started releasing a whole bunch of singles that didn't belong to an album. Yeah. Uh, most of which were rap heavy. Yeah. Uh, whether it was due to the rap not being forced anymore, or perhaps Fashionly Late was just ahead of its time, or perhaps Ronnie's just gotten better at rapping. Yeah, I don't know. From people um, warmed up to the style. They've maybe. received a lot more praise uh, yeah, than I, anything I, contained in Fashionly Late. Yeah, I personally I've heard a couple of them, but I wasn't that into them. They both kind of, or they all kind of, that I've heard kind of give off that, like, Tom McDonald vibe. Like, oh, cancel culture, like... That sounds like, that sounds like Ronnie. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, but, I mean... But the single released in January 31st of this year, Watch the World Burn, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's really good rap. It's a, I really enjoy that song. That's the first thing I've heard from them besides the singles from... Just like you is mm. this song. Yeah, I've I heard besides that one, I've listened to I think Popular Monster. I think it came out last year. That one was pretty definitely leaning into like the oh I'm I'm just a fucking asshole. Everybody hates me. I actually <laughs> actually read on Wikipedia that uh, Ronnie said he got the inspiration from that song after watching The Joker. So oh, he's so, he's living in a society. So do with that what you will. Um, but Watch the World Burn was their first song to appear in the Billboard Top 100, which is really incredible for a metalcore band. Yeah. Um, especially a I song mean, that... in today's age, yeah. Yeah, especially a song that... I mean, really, metalcore was never a, like, primary genre, except yeah, for a couple I mean, years with the Sevenfold and... And then, like, you know, in the, in the uh, late... 2000s, early 2010s. But I don't, I don't know. I, that I they don't think song wise, but album wise, yeah. Charted, but, but I don't I think don't they think... made it on like the Billboard Top 100 hottest singles. Yeah, no. I, I think album wise, there was actually a surprising amount that were Billboard charting, like Simp Eternal. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, and I think that's. I think that's mostly. By Mice and Men. I would say that's mostly due to people in the the scene kids subgenre, like we were part of. We were more likely to buy albums than people who listened to yeah. like. Radio. Yeah, so I don't think yeah none of none of the singles that I yeah. I can recall you know it's not like they were being played on. Yeah, fucking. singles are more important in other genres, but like in metalcore, pop punk, and stuff, the album is the important yeah, part. Yeah, um, at least in my opinion. If I'm wrong, just fucking yell at me on Twitter. <laughs> um, uh, the accompanying video for "Watch the World Burn." Uh, was number one on trending and received over a million first day views on YouTube. And yeah, that's, that's on the Billboard, crazy. it it was uh it peaked at number eighty three, which is really high for a metalcore single. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean definitely seems that people have warmed up to the to the mix of rap and metal that that falling universe. And I mean, yeah, he ha- he has gotten better at rap. Yeah. That is for sure. But I mean, there's some songs on Fashionably Late are almost as good as Watch the World Burn. I mean, rap-wise. I, yeah, I mean, I you know, I don't think on this album, I don't think there's really a bad chorus breakdown or I mean, the solos fucking go hard like Yeah. It's, uh, it's the very, rap is just a little questionable yeah, sometimes. Yeah, like musicianship-wise, this album is amazing, in my opinion. Um, yeah, and it's like the rap. I mean, there's some that I would say genuinely good rap parts. There's some that are just so-so, and then there's some that are just really just cringy. Yeah. I, I would say his flow, I mean, overall, his flow is pretty good. And it's, it stayed pretty consistent yeah. uh, ever since that... Um... Gangster's Paradise cover all the way through Watch the World Burn. Yeah, like, I'd say his flow's pretty good. It's like, I don't know, I guess his approach has probably gotten yeah. better. Yeah, I think he's gotten better at writing lyrics that yeah. are, are not just, like, 
rhyme soup. Yeah. Which yeah. even in this album, we'll we'll get to the song, but he uh, he even has a, a lyric that makes fun of his own rhyme soup. Oh. I don't know if you caught that. Oh, the fucking. Uh, very cool synonyms. Very cool synonyms. Yeah, yeah, it's that literally made like it made me think of that. I don't know what it's from, but that meme where it's like I'm a lyrical spiritual miracle individual. individual. Yeah, he literally did that. He did that, that and then like, he makes fun of it. Yeah, when that happened, like I, I remember uh, that from listening to the album before. But when that came up, I, I just started laughing. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? I was um, like, this man's really just did the. And uh, so anyone who knows me. Knows that I'm a Roddy Radke apologist. I'm an apologist for white boy swagger. I think the man should continue to cook. I think the man's been cooking since this album, since before this album, and I think the man is continuing to cook. I mean, let him cook. Man's a cook. Let him cook. <laughs> Chef Radke. Um, he been in the kitchen. So yeah, I, I love Falling in Reverse. I loved the first Escape the Fate album and some of their albums with Craig Mabbitt. Yeah, yeah, I mean... No. But we're really talking about Ronnie today. I I really like Ronnie Radke. I think he's an incredible musician. Kind of cocky. Maybe a piece of shit. Uh, or... Maybe a piece of shit. He... he likes throwing mic stands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like of all the crimes that people in the scene have committed, I think murder is not the worst. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's not like he straight up murdered anybody either. I yeah, mean, he uh, was he was an accessory to Martin Lake. He didn't pull a Tim Lambesis and try to fucking get his wife executed or, you Yeah, know. There, are, there are much worse crimes. Yeah, so overall... As we know of, he hasn't... Uh, fucked with any underage children. Exactly. Hopefully, hopefully not. Yeah, as far so, as I know, he's not a sexual predator, which is good know, news. Kudos for people in this scene, sadly. But <laughs> yeah, um, see, I'm a Ronnie Radke apologist. You, I mean, you like Falling in Reverse. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I love the first Escape the Fate album, uh, first Falling in Reverse album. But uh, yeah, let me set the stage for you guys. When me and Austin first heard this album, first so, heard it in full, not yeah, just the full. singles. Yeah, so. The year was 2013. Um, we had been to Atlanta on a little family trip. Uh, as you know, some of you might know, friends listening, me and Austin are related. So we went on this little family trip. Um, we stumbled into Hot Topic. Uh, as, you, as you do. Yeah, as you do. Uh, uh, you know, we were in our peak emo phase. I mean, haven't really left. Peak scene phase. Yeah. Um, we kind of bought the album as a joke. I mean, you know... Like we said, we knew both of the singles, Fashionably Late and Alone, uh, so... And we thought we, they were kind of goofy. Yeah, you know, we didn't really know what to expect. I think the album was maybe on sale, or maybe I had some fucking hot uh, cash no, or whatever. No, you had... It was your birthday money. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Because the album released in June, and your birthday's in May. Yeah, and then um, this, this was probably around June or July. June or July, yeah. So you, I think you had some birthday money left over... And you were like, look at this. And I was like, you gotta buy it. Yeah, yeah. It was the fucking deluxe edition. The deluxe edition came with the bonus tracks, came with uh, a poster. Oh, yeah, yeah. That you kept in your room forever. Yeah, I had it in there forever. It was, it was, uh, like, it's, it's a it's, full shot of the band, and they're all just looking into the distance melodramatically, and it looked like Ronnie was looking at a fucking, uh, my closet door so yeah. he would always be like fuck you door because he, he just looks, he's he just, just staring looks so, it, looks it's, so pissed. it's like the same stare from the the cover except like straight at you instead of down yeah yeah so so yeah so we uh got home from that vacation uh popped it in the cd player and you know starts out with champion and champion champion solid yeah i mean it's it's one of my favorite songs from the album but you know it starts out pretty standard following in reverse i mean and we were like oh maybe cool. maybe that one song's just a fluke yeah just a one-off um yeah i mean it's it has a really heavy riff heavy vocals um a really you know catchy and soaring following in reverse chorus like i feel like they're pretty known for yeah having, like those big catchy big choruses. almost uh theatrical yeah, choruses. yeah 
And then, you know, all of a sudden the beat drops. <laughs> and he just starts fucking going off on a beat out of nowhere. And I would, um, I guess we're going ahead and going into the track by track. Yeah. I would say that this is the best verse on the album. I, yeah, I agree. Like, I um, think it's a perfect opener for the album. It kind of meshes it's, all the... It's incredibly strong, both musically, lyrically. And that rap verse, uh... As far as I remember, there's not a single cringy thing he said in it, which is... He says, uh, a little bit, a little bit gangster in my blood. Oh, yeah, a little so, bit of gangster in my blood. <laughs> been, to jail, been to jail, been to prison, went to hell, and had a vision. Yeah, um, I no, mean... that's not cringy, but... <laughs> so, yeah, as we said in the write-up, um, a lot of his lyrics can kind of fall into the, like, tough guy, like, braggadocious... He's very I, cocky. Yeah, so, you know... There's, there's cringe here and there, but I'd say overall Champion is definitely the least out of that. Like, I guess it is a little braggadocious, but, you know, he, he's not in the fucking white boy swagger shit, so... Uh, so, yeah, like we said, Champion, solid opening track. Yeah, and then the... I'll add to that, um, the fucking part where it goes from the rap verse to the breakdown. That shit hits. It's, it's crazy. It's so good. It's really good. It it's, goes into such a head, like, it's such a really, it's a really good transition. And I would say that this, it's uh, a good mesh of the this exact sound, the exact sound they found in this is exactly what they did with their newest single, Watch the World Burn. Yeah, yeah. It, it plays out the exact same almost. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, it's a good transition. It goes into a heavy ass fucking breakdown with some crazy little guitar wheedling underneath. Like, <laughs> it's, it's really good shit. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, the next, the next track. Bad Girls Club. Yeah, that's a. From what the uh, critics were talking about, just the unevenness of the track listing, like going from that to Bad Girls Club, it's it's pretty, pretty jarring. <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, it's I it's, I it's, it's very catchy. Yeah, it's it's very catchy. I mean, uh, like I said, like a lot of these songs on this album, like even if the lyrics are cringy or if some of it doesn't work, whether it be the rap parts, like. Definitely, they all have their catchy moments. Yeah, this say. is this is one of the catchiest songs. This is the song off the al- this album that I listen to the most, just in my everyday life. Okay, for no like for mine's, no reason really. Yeah, mine's mine's definitely champion, but I like this one. I really like this song. Um, I love the energy, uh, and the ch- the cheerleader chant. Oh yeah, dude, is that like? I don't know if this was intentional, but it reminds me of Girlfriend by Avril Lavigne. Yeah, like I was the thinking the same like, thing. I can, because I can do it better. Like, yeah. It's literally the same. I, mean, I, don't know if, I don't know if it's intentional, I mean, it, but it's... I feel like it probably is. I think... It, it has the same, like, flow and vibe and the... Uh, same with um, This Shit is Bananas, the Gwen Stefani song. I can see that, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it might be supposed to be a throwback to all these, like, powerful women in pop punk and, like, rock from the early 2000s that Ronnie yeah. probably grew up listening to. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Well, maybe not grew up listening to, but, like, right when he was, like, coming into making his own music, that was what was on the radio, so that's what he heard a lot of. Yeah, but, yeah, the the Bad Girls Club walked so E-Girls could run. They they did. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's kind of given off that E-Girl attitude, and Ronnie upgraded to Bad Girls on this album. I mean, <laughs> it yeah. was, why do good girls like bad guys? But, but now it's, he, he's a victim of the Bad Girls Club. Yeah, is, so. does that make him a good guy now? Uh, no. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, so Rolling Stone. This is one that I have been wanting to make a Facebook post about <laughs> for months. Uh, yeah. For one simple reason. It is the most 2013 a song can be. I mean, this fucking one of my notes was this is... Like, the most 2013 album of all time. But this <laughs> like, specifically is the most 2013 song. Because you start yeah. off with your 
like it sounds almost like their first album. Like yeah. your your nice metalcore. Yeah, and it has kind of a similar vibe and structure to Champion. I feel yeah. like at, for most of the um, song. And then it goes into the rap, which this one is more of an Eminem wannabe, where he like he does the whole lyrical spiritual miracle yeah. type thing, yeah. and then ends it with very cool synonyms, making yeah. fun of himself. Uh, it has when a a lyric that's in my, like, top three favorite lyric, like, funniest lyric. I think we probably um, have the same one for that. I actually had to stop myself from only using lyrics from this for the funniest lyrics. Yeah. Because this verse is just... It's pretty full of them. It's full of it, and I I think it's almost on purpose. Yeah, and um, then it has, like, that little uh, dubstep Yeah, then it goes to dubstep, which that... is a very 2013 thing. Yeah, but, I mean, I'd, I'd say overall... I've... I like it. It's it's a good song. It's a I good mean, song. I yeah. think I think it may have been the band pushing the limits of what they can get away with, and it turned out a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, it's to me, it's kind of a diet version of Champion. Like I definitely prefer Champion to this. Yeah, Champion is better, but better. this is more of the time. Like this is yeah. this really dates the album. Yeah, as yeah. opposed to Champion, which is kind of. It, it's like his newer stuff. It's more timeless. I mean, I feel like, yeah, it sounds pretty fresh. I mean, uh, Rolling Stone just really dates the album. Yeah. But yeah. not in a bad way. No. Like, it's okay to date an album. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, like, one of the stronger songs on the album overall, I think. Yeah. So you got Fashionably Late, um, which it might be the catchiest song on the album, it might in my be. opinion. I think, it's, I can't remember if I heard this or Alone first. I don't know. I definitely, before the album came out, or before at least, you know, like I said, I can't remember exactly when we bought the album and listened yeah. to it. It probably, it could have been more so like July or August before we got around to yeah, listening to it. Yeah, but we definitely listened to both Alone and Fashionably yeah, Late. I, I, I have remember. more memories of Fashionably Late. Yeah. I mean, probably because it was more uh, More what you'd expect yeah, from Falling in a Verse. So I feel like Alone was more so like, oh, we listen to this because it's funny, but Fashionably Late was more like, oh, I'll actually... Yeah. Listen to this in my playlist because it's a it's a catchy you know kind of straight up pop punk song. It's, it's it's a really good song. It's really fun to listen to, but it doesn't capture the al- like the energy of the rest of the album. Yeah, it yeah. feels it feels like it's it's a part of the album. It does feel like it belongs in the album, mm-hmm. but the album doesn't like feels like it would rather have another song in this spot. Yeah, almost. Yeah, I'd say it more so compared to the other songs. It doesn't really carry any of the elements from the other songs. Yeah, I mean maybe maybe a little bit from a Bad Girls Club. Yeah, or Fuck the Rest. Yeah, both had you know have that pop punk vibe. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but you know those both have a lot more either electronic elements or like rap elements. Yeah. Whereas this one is just like straight up pop punk. Is this like, a straight pop punk song? Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah, it's, it's really good. good. It does it great. Yeah, I mean the lyrics are a little questionable. I, I read that they're literally about him cheating on his pregnant wife. So I mean, oh yeah, Ooh. yeah, uh, pregnant girlfriend. Yeah, pregnant girlfriend. Pregnant girlfriend. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I remember reading about then, his pregnant girlfriend on the Wikipedia page. Yeah. Then, then he ends, canceled the tour for this album. Yeah. Because of that. Yeah. yeah then it's like uh, ends with uh, without a doubt. Sorry about having have sex, sex with, with all, all your friends. friends. Like yeah. So. Ronnie Radke, not a great guy. Yeah, not a great guy, but. <laughs> um. So yeah, and then alone, which was yeah. like we said, the first single from the album. Yeah. The verses. I remember people making fun of him hard. Yeah. I remember people making fun it, of him heavy. I remember making fun of him heavy. I mean, yeah, the verses are really cringe, but I mean, I'd say pretty memorable. They're I pretty mean, mem- you know, I they think stick out. The most lyrically sound part of the rap verses is when he transitions into the harsh folk. I'm going to say that, yeah. I love that. Like, yeah. I think the way it does that is really good. And the lyrics get better when yeah. he's doing harsh. It's, I don't... it's like the reverse of Champion, how that goes from rapping to a breakdown. This kind of goes from... 
I mean, it goes from rapping to, to harsh, harsh vocals, vocals, but the harsh vocals continue rapping over the same. Yeah, they're beat. continuing rapping. Yeah, so I mean, I, yeah, I really like the um, way he raps the harsh. And vocals. then the chopped and screwed, uh, break your motherfucking neck. Yeah, yeah the bre- the breakdowns really I like yeah. it in this album. I I do really hate the bridge part that transitions. Oh, the from... uh, I'm on that next girl love sex. Yeah, yeah it's really I, bad. And the auto tune on it, like it's, it's really bad. The I way um... he sings it. It's just yeah, that's. That's the weakest part of the song for me. But, like, uh, I, I can get over and enjoy the cringy verses, but yeah. that part, I'm just I, but, uh, <laughs> Back to the breakdown. I really They sound kind of like something Pantera would write, almost. Because okay. like the, uh, the big bend. Yeah. That's yeah. Like, it, that reminds you of like Walk. Yeah, I can see that. So, like if Pantera was making more breakdown-heavy songs, I feel like this is something they would do without the electronic elements, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But, well, I can um, see that if, if uh, Dimebag dated an e-girl, maybe. Yeah, if Dimebag <laughs> dated an e-girl, we would get alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, overall, uh, I mean... Another I think, good I th- song. I think even the consensus on the song has changed since it came out. Like, yeah. You know, going on the YouTube, a lot of people kind of are saying like what we're saying with their new style like i mean this was kind of a precursor and yeah it was it just came out too early yeah if this had been if this people, was released people weren't ready for it two three years later we would everyone would have been like fuck yeah. yeah yeah uh and that's i think that's all i think that's all side one uh yeah yeah uh, think, side one is side is one. all songs that i remember or, uh, all the time i think you're right actually i think born to lead might be on born to lead might be on side one. Oh well i mean they don't really have a side yeah, one and side two yeah uh, I, I mean, would. I would. There's twelve songs, so I feel like "Born to Lead" is a sixth song. I feel okay. like that's more Born so side one. "Born to Lead" is the first song that I didn't remember on this re-listen to the album. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a really good song. I had to double check and make sure that it wasn't featuring Herman Lee. Oh yeah, the it's featuring Rusty Coley. It is he, featuring he, someone. He does okay. the solo, which I don't know what he's from. I don't know, I, but the entire song sounds like a Dragon Force song. Yeah, Other I than mean, the vocals, yeah, it, it's, sometimes it's someone that starts out with a uh, like a solo. Doesn't it start out with like kind of a sweeping solo? Yeah, and then it also has the brown, brown, brown that Dragon Force is known yeah, for. Yeah, like yeah, that whole section it, it is pretty power metally. Even like, it has that even the of, verses, the rhythm guitar is like really power metally. Yeah, it has kind of like that theatrical um, theatrical way to it, like the way the guitar is. That yeah, power metal has. and uh, the tone is. Uh, there, there are probably differences, but as far as I could tell, the tone is exactly Herman Lee's tone mm-hmm. from Through the Fire and the Flames. Yeah, so, okay, so Rusty Cooley is just a... He's just a guy? He's just a solo artist? He's just a guy. He's 52. He's, so. he's good at what he does. Yeah, I mean, it says he's a, um, he's an American guitarist known for his highly refined guitar technique and is regarded as, as one of the fastest guitarists in the United States. Hmm. The uh, Player Magazine called him the leading light of the post-Mounstein shred evolution. Oh, well, I mean, he's, he's, he, he fucking treads. Yeah. I mean, and the breakdown of the song is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but the fucking... <laughs> I love the breakdown, but the part where he says motherfucking move... Every time I hear it, it sounds like he says, motherfucking, uh, it reminds me of, like, the memes where it's like, can I get a fucking, uh, oh, yeah, like, like motherfucking, uh, yeah, it makes me laugh, but uh, it's, it's a really good part, but it's just like, he, because he, he stretches culture, out yeah. the, the moo part, so it kind of just sounds like, uh, until he goes, oof, like, it, yeah. just, it just sounds funny to me. Um, I would have liked to see them explore this sound more. Yeah, I mean, it's, this it's Dragon really Force like pow, like speed metal Ronnie Radke that yeah, would have been it's good that would have been wild yeah next you have It's Over When It's Over 
it's kind of my most give or take song on the album. I think it's kind of boring. Yeah, like it's not it's not awful. Like it's it's not going to be in my in my best. It's not going to be in my worst. I think it holds up. Yeah, it holds up. It's definitely it's, it's a middling song. Nothing offensive about it. Um, uh, it the kinda, beat reminds me of like a like a Little Wayne style beat. I can see that when it comes yeah. to the yeah. It almost actually it also almost sounds like Look at Me Now. Hmm? Oh, okay, I can see that. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. It's it's weird like the way he whispers sings on I, th I think it starts out with him rapping and then he kind of goes into like a singing like a whispery singing part is this one has the no uh, i don't know <laughs> maybe um i can't remember no i think it's self-destructive personality or part of the rest okay but um it's weird because that like the way he does the whisper singing and the drum beat remind me of cellar door from dying is your latest fashion yeah like, you know that one yeah uh, it's like, and then also the way it, uh, the song transitions to the chorus, like we can play it back on a, when we edit this, but, um, it has the same vibe where like, I mean, I can't really explain it without, without yeah. us playing it, yeah. but like a lot of this song reminds me of Cellar Door, which is pretty interesting. Like, I don't know if that was intentional, but <laughs> who knows? But, um, I mean, it, you know, it's a pretty decent song. I, I feel like. The more I listened to it, the more I liked it. But I mean, it still didn't crack my favorites. But you know, yeah. it's a, it's a middle of the road song. It, it's, it's a solid. It's a solid. Okay, song. Um, game over. <laughs> a baby. I ha it's probably top five like most cringy songs from like this era of like hot topic. Music. It's the most hated song in the album. Yeah. Um. It's it's weird because I see it on TikTok sounds a lot now. I've seen a lot of. Well, the kids are wrong. I don't know <laughs> if you've heard the music the kids are listening to. But uh, some of it's kind of bad. I don't know. It's what well, this song is great. It's like this kind of this kind of pulls me to what I wrote, just kind of as the album overall. Like it feel it feels like this album was kind of catered to the kids that made uh, songs on or uh, lip syncing things on Musically. Do you remember that shit? The yeah, but this is this is before Musically. It is, but. But, like, the way, like, this song just makes me think of how we would yeah. watch those cringe musically things of, like, yeah. really edgy emo kids, you know, looking all fucking, I don't know, just, just edgelords doing yeah. lip-syncing shit. Um, it's like, you know, the parts where he mentions therapy and shit, I don't know. It, it's just really weird to I, me. But I like the song. Um, and then the Konami Code reference. I like the references <laughs> to NES like, gaming. I really like it. Like, oh, it really did it for me. I don't and, know. And I think just, the chorus is catchy, but just the way he... Up, the, up, the down, down, left, right, left, right, B, A, select, start. Yeah. Fuck. And then, and then whenever he's, um, he's like, I beat it, you fucking assholes. Yeah, I'm it's... just like, what? It's a little cringy. I... It, a lot of people think that this is where Ronnie Radke's credibility died. Yeah. Which is, it's a fair assessment. Yeah. I think it's overall, okay, it's a fun song. Yeah. It's really fun. I mean, it's definitely, like, I, I, it's bad for me, but it's one of those, uh, like, kind of so bad that it's good songs for me. It's fun. Like, yeah, like, you can put it on and, like, have some fun. Yeah, it doesn't it. have to be a good song, it just has to be fun. Yeah, yeah, but, um, yeah, it's just, then the way he starts the song, just his tone of voice, he's just like, my life is like, like a, a video game. game. Yeah, it's... Like, <laughs> it's just so weird. It's weird. He's like, still collecting coins. Like, <laughs> Bring. Um, yeah, so, but going from that song to self-destruct personality is like, that's, yeah, that's the one that starts out with the sweeping. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> <him> <laughs> screaming, <laughs> it's, like <laughs> it's just like, what? that's such a change up. But it's like, nothing special. You know, I don't, I don't think the song's anything special. It's good. It sounds like Old Falling in Reverse. But I like it. I like it. I yeah. like it. But it's nothing. It's like, 
It's good. Okay. It's nothing special. Yeah, I like it. Um, the end of the song, how it's like a minute or so of... It slowly transitions to a fade out of, like, the same... It's like the breakdown, and it just says the same lines over and over. On that part, I like that part. But the way he says prevail and carousel on that part, like, makes me laugh. He's like... He's like, carousel. Like, it's just, it, it makes me think of, like, if Scott Stapp did harsh vocals. Yeah. Um, like, it's just funny. He's like, he's like, prevail, carousel. Uh, yeah, the rap, <laughs> the rap in this is another Eminem wannabe sound, but that was kind yeah. of in vogue in 2013. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say the rap on it, I don't, I don't think I have anything, you know, stand out, like, of being really cringy on it. Yeah. So I'd say it's a pretty decent. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, de- um, the solo was really good. Yeah. Yeah, dude, all, all the solos on this album are fucking amazing. Yeah, it was like, Jackie Vincent. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, incredible guitarist. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the musicianship. I mean, we uh, kind of didn't write it on the write-up of the um, of this album, because <laughs> I think for their first album, The Drug and Me Is You... They, they had, had, like, five, six like, rotating members. Yeah, it was like... I mean, I think what it was is kind of in the beginning stages of the band, they had people that contributed stuff you know enough yeah. to be included on the credits of the album because like ronnie was they, in prison so like they just got yeah. whatever musicians they could to so it's like they maybe you know some people that wrote some stuff might have not recorded it and then i think like the basis that's actually credited credited to playing on the album didn't actually play on the album i don't know just I don't know, it's a just, mess yeah just uh, mess. the only the so, two people you really need to remember from falling into verse is ronnie radke yeah and jackie vincent who's yeah, no I mean, longer with the band yeah so the personnel for this album is of course ronnie you know lead vocals um jackie vincent on lead guitar Derek jones on rhythm guitar which rest in peace he he uh passed away two years ago i think did he yeah you don't remember hearing that it's a cause of death was never no i don't remember hearing but i mean he was he's a solid yeah, he rhythm was, guitarist he was the band from the beginning i'm pretty sure like he was one of the few members that was constant so i mean and i mean like the rhythm guitar is not easy in falling in reverse yeah, songs so yeah very untimely passing um, very talented rest in peace yeah so and then uh ryan seaman <laughs> was the drummer and um, then this was the only album with that one bassist, right? Ron Ficario. Yeah, probably he doesn't even have a, his own Wikipedia. I think page. I, I think I remember reading on the Wikipedia, Wikipedia page that this was the only album with him on it. Probably. I mean, yeah, for their first couple of albums, like it seems like the drums and bass, especially, were just a revolving door of just random talented musicians. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah, whoever yeah. whoever would deal with Ronnie Radke's personality yeah. long enough to record now. Yeah, so you know, I kind of wanted to give all these people credit since it's a very well put together album in terms of musicianship. So yeah, so yeah, you know, got to give credit where it's due, but it's, it's just kind of too much to to keep up with all that shit. To... Did you happen to see who <laughs> produced this? Who did like the effects on this album? Because that man also did incredible work. If you can't Michael find Elvis Basquette? Michael Elvis Basquette. Uh, Incredible. Oh, and Chris, Chris uh, Lord Alge, Lord Alge did the mixing. He's done a lot of shit. Um, huh? Yeah, this was like this was a superstar cast. Yeah, he's been, he's been around. Yeah, he did um some stuff for MCR, Simple Plan. He mixed uh, Nimrod by Green Day, which is one of my favorite albums. He also helped do American Idiot and Twenty First Century wow. Breakdown. He did stuff for Madonna. He did fucking Born in the USA by Bruce Springsteen. Like he's done a lot of shit. So I mean, yeah, like. The musicians and the personnel on this album are, you know, pretty top tier. Top tier, very <laughs> talented, did a really good job. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the sound of the album's great. So, fuck the rest. Yeah. This is just an easy core song. Yeah, I literally put that. It's literally Bad Girls Club, 
but easy but chord. easy chord yeah with especially the breakdown is a very easy it's like four year strong type breakdown it's like yeah like it's just like such a upbeat it has, breakdown and it has that weird skit that feels very oh, both eminem and wait Easy chord. The Charlie, why are you barking, Charlie? Yeah, the fucking end where he's like, Charlie, oh yeah, the, the end, the, the end. I, Charlie I, bit my finger reference, which was dated at that point. That video why? came out in two thousand six, yeah, no, two thousand seven. Yeah, we could have really done without that one, Ronnie. It was a six year old <laughs> ref. It was a reference to a six year old video. Yeah, when I heard that, that's another part of this album that I just had to laugh out loud at. I was just like, why would you make a fucking? But Charlie the bit breakdown is one of the most interesting breakdowns on the album. Yeah, I'm not saying it's the best, but it's the one that like really got me like, hmm. Yeah, it literally sounds like uh i think it's the first album by four years strong um i forget what it's called really good album but um it's an easy core breakdown yeah it's like it reminds me of the breakdowns on that album so um, i mean you know pretty all right song i don't have a lot to say about keep holding on uh, other than it's one of the few songs on the album and few songs that i've heard since really has escaped the fate times where he like lets down the cocky guard and like speaks from his heart yeah yeah i yeah it's Pretty generic for me, kind of yeah, like melodramatic, melodramatic. Yeah, it's, it's like it kind of feels like he was trying to write like an emo anthem to me. Like yeah, which he already wrote his emo anthem on the first Escape the Fate album. It's yeah, um, uh, the day I left the wound. The day I left the wound. Yeah. He doesn't have to do that again. Yeah, which I have more to say about that later. But um, so yeah, I mean that one's kind of just a. It's it's a, I mean I, I mean I put it on one of my least favorite songs on the album. I I don't know. I don't have much positive to it's say just, about it's, it. it. It's still a good song, but it's not, it's not the special. Yeah. And I think every song on this album is good yeah. in its own right. Yeah. But some of them are just, they're just good. Yeah. Uh, Drifter is just a country song. <laughs> yeah, the instrumental and, like, the song itself, like, lyric-wise and structure-wise, is it's decent. It's, it's good. Just Ronnie's vocals just don't... Like, they don't it, make sense for country. Yeah. Um, if it had been another The Day I Left the Womb... Yeah, which is, you know, this, I wrote, it kind of continues the trend of the first three albums Ronnie is in, where, like, the last song really talks about his parents and his upbringing and his struggles. Yeah, he, like, really, he likes to close out albums with, I'm also a human being with emotions. Yeah, because it's like, the day I left the womb, like you said, it could never be topped in that regard. And then, Um, what was the one from... um, The Westerner, I believe. The Westerner, yeah. Yeah, which that one's not as, like, not melodramatic, but, like, slow and more ballad type like yeah. the day i left the womb more drifter is it's more so kind of in line with the rest of the drug in me as you but the lyrics are definitely like talking yeah. about his past with like his parents and drugs and stuff like that so he really liked closing the album with with songs which like i mean that, so after after all this cockiness in the album i'm glad that he did it yeah, yeah. so i can remember hey this is a person not just a fucking rap machine or whatever yeah i don't know overall I would say it's a I really album. like the album. I mean, yeah, you wanna you wanna go with uh, your top top three tracks? Top three tracks. I didn't write it down because I'm I'm stupid. I forgot <laughs> to write it down. But I really think it's Champion, Bad Girls Club, and Born to Lead. Now, okay. Born to Lead became my favorite, one of my favorite songs on the album. Yeah, well, yeah, my top three is kind of similar. It's uh, Champion, Born to Lead, and Fashionably Late. Um, and I, I wanted to give honorable mentions to Rolling Stone and Alone. Like those are both they're both solid. Yeah. Yeah, and then my worst three, I got Game Over, Keep Holding On, and Fuck the Rest. I mean, like you said, on Fuck the Rest, the easy core breakdown's interesting, but the rest of it, it just kind of doesn't really do much for me. And then Keep Holding On, it's, I would say, I, I put Game Over as my least favorite, but like I said, it's kind of so bad that it's good. At least it's yeah. an enjoyable bad song. Yeah. 
Keep Holding On is definitely like just overall, I would say, the worst song on the album in my opinion. It's yeah, just... I'd say my least favorite is Keep Holding On, Drifter, and Self-Destructive Personality. They're all just nothing special. Okay, yeah. I, I had Drifter on there at first, but I, I replaced it with Fuck the Rest. I just kind of... I, I like Fuck the Rest as a song. Yeah. I don't know. But uh, this gets really drag it now. Yeah. Um, now for now for lyrics. Now I couldn't. The problem is my favorite lyrics and the worst lyrics are the same <laughs> lyrics. Yeah, they kind of coincide. Uh, so the three I got was up. Uh, this one really threw me back to being a sixteen-year-old kid. Like I wasn't. I was in twenty thirteen. I was sixteen. Mm, so this really <laughs> reminded me what being sixteen was about. Uh, the crazier the kid, the tighter his pants. Hey, what was that on? Oh God, I don't remember. I do not, um, I do not remember that. I think it was on Fuck the Rest. Probably, yeah. But I, I wore skin-tight jeans in high school, and uh, I'm not going to get on my mental illness, but it's not great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie kind of spitting facts. Yeah, um, something I got from Fuck the Rest, that was one of my worst moments, was tried to choke my mom with the umbilical cord. The doctor was too busy, busy. amputating my horns. Yeah, that was um, <laughs> something. Yeah, that's, that's kind of... Uh, it was goes, too edgy. Yeah, that kind of goes with what I was saying, where a lot of... The lyrics on this album feel like they kind of cater to the kind of edgelord music, yeah, like e-girl, e-boy crowd, like yeah, like which is kind of Ronnie's like yeah. main demographic. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one I got, I think this one is from Rolling Stone. Uh, I forgot to write down what song they're from. But yeah, it's, uh, I actually did for this one, unlike I did for. Little I have a uh, ready to cut you up and gut you like a fucking yes, avocado. That, that is the one that I figured we would have. The it's same. so good. It was. It's an incredible line. It's terrible. Yeah, when I heard that, I, I had to rewind a few times. I was like, "How do I not remember this?" Uh, and then my last one um, is from Game Over, mm-hmm. and it is. It, it wasn't on here at first. I was like, man, what do I really want to do? And then last night when I was at work, my brain just kept singing this part to me. My brain just kept singing this part to me, and it's, uh, I'm growing up to be a big boy. Yeah, yeah, that part. The way he says it. Like, I'm that's... growing up to be a big boy. It's like, <laughs> like, that song it's like you're just... talking to a gummy bear. Yeah, just the tone of that song, it's like... It's just like Disney music, kind of. And I love that song, but like that, I'm growing yeah. up to be a big boy is too far. Yeah, and I think it does the little uh, mushroom sound from Mario. Yeah, like the I think so. Yeah. I think so. It's but, yeah. I got two more for you um, from Bad Girls Club. Follows me on Twitter asking if I miss her. Hashtag set me free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he uh, references Twitter or and or Facebook like six or seven times um, on this album. In- I think it's in Rolling Stone. He talks about um, don't get it, don't get it twisted. Remove me from your friends list. Like stalking me on Twitter. Yeah, trying to stamp my business or something. She googles me to keep to keep tabs on me or something. Yeah, Yeah, it talks. Which in 2013, social media was really blowing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Like we we all used it before then, but 2013 is when we really. Like, especially us, we really, like, dove into Instagram for a little yeah, while. I had a fucking Green Day fan page on Instagram. Yeah, and I had, like, a, had, like, scene, I had, like, a scene kid music fan page. And I think I think I only made it to, like, 1,500. Yeah. But, but that's, in 2013, that was Instagram famous. Yeah, I mean, I felt like I was the shit. I had all these emo girls in my DMs, and I didn't even have pictures of myself. They were all South American. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> or Canadian. Yeah, well, yeah, Canadian. <laughs> but, uh, alright, then the last one I got is, man, I've been rapping since I was shitting in Pampers, climbed the ladder to the top, Come and now, now I'm shitting, shitting on rappers. rappers. Uh, honorable mention to 
what you spend in 15 months is what I spend in 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that one's probably kind of accurate. And then yeah. I, my haters talking shit while washing dishes, dishes for, for a living. living. <laughs> Fuck you, bitches. I'm, I'm a business. I'd be kissing Sit on your missus. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I said, cook. I... Let him cook. Like you said. <laughs> Let him cook. <laughs> but uh, like I said, I had to stop myself from just doing the entire verse from Rolling Stone. Yeah. And alone. Like, both those verses have so many yeah. good, think, funny moments. Yeah, I think on Rolling Stone, uh, he says... They're scared of me like a motherfucking wife beater or something. Oh, shit. yeah. And it goes into the dubstep I'm part. scared of me like a motherfucking and... wife beater. Like, it's just like, okay. But, I don't know. A lot of the rap parts on this album kind of make me think of uh, Froggy Fresh. <laughs> yeah. I am the baddest of them all. Like, yeah, for sure. It's just um, kind of like him like trying to say he has gangster cred. It's like, I mean, I know you kind of were there when I mean, he's like murdered. Died, he, but... He's a murderer. Uh, yeah. Assisted murder. Assisted, yeah. But and he got away with it. And he wrote a song about it yeah. on uh, Alibi. But, yeah, I don't know. Or the friends that were out. I don't remember what song that was or which band it was with. It, it, talks about it the was friends bad. being alibis. I know it, it was either well, no, Escape was, the Fade or... Well, I think I think that whole incident happened... I, I think it happened before Dying is the Latest Fashion came out, but I feel like it probably would have all been recorded and written. He may have, like, I emergency... Because I, I know he has a song where he talks about the friends that he used as alibis. I mean, yeah, Friends and Alibis is a song on Dying is the Latest Fashion. Yeah. I, I don't know. I he might have written it. Who knows? But, I, mean, um, I don't know. If, okay, so to rate, to rate the album. <sighs> I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll start out saying Metascore, based on only five reviews, like... It, it kind of sucked, because I, I wanted to get more quotes, just because, like, this album's so polarizing, but... And it was a huge part of our, like, teenage years. Yeah, but there was only five professional reviews that I could find online, one of which was the Kerrang! one, where there was no... Fuck uh, knows. Yeah. One was from, like, Cla- Classic Rock Magazine, where... Why? Yeah, but when you click the link, it just redirected you to their homepage, so it was only... On a Metacritic, it only had, like, one quote from it. And um, then I think there was two of them that you could actually click the link and find. Or three of them. Uh, One of them was on AllMusic, and it was barely a review. It was just kind of a summary of the album. Like, they didn't really give any opinions or input about it. So there wasn't much to go off on. But apparently, based on those five reviews, um, it was 38%. So, And then uh, the user score was... 3.8 3.8 out of 10, so you got 38% and 3.8. It's so. same, same thing. Yeah. Those are both way low. Yeah, I definitely um, agree. I would give it, if we're, if we're going on out of 10, I would give it, I want to say, like 7.5 or 8 out of 10. I was thinking 7.5, 8. Yeah. Eight and a half, maybe. I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm like trying to remove the, like, nostalgia and yeah. my love for Roddy Radke. But, I mean, it's, a, like, you know, I, I expected to, like, you know, the songs I remember a lot i knew i was gonna were, like were either the ones where i know i really like or the ones where i know they were cringy like uh game over like yeah those, those are the ones i remember but then like a few of the songs that i don't really that i didn't really remember like uh rolling stone in some aspects born to lead like, yeah, like born to like, lead i had completely forgotten about and like, and it's, it's become, like yeah i like every song on the album they're just not the best yeah so but, i think overall like seven seven and a half eight yeah like definitely in, in my book, nowhere near Dying is Your Latest Fashion no. or uh, The Journey uh, Me Is You. Like, no, those both albums of those are... I would give like nine and a half, ten. I'd like, give a ten. To, like it's... I'd definitely give a ten to um, 
the Dragon Me as you. Nine years later, fashion probably like a nine and a half. Okay, so you like Dragon Me as you. I like Dragon Me as you a lot better. It's hard for me. I think overall, I like Dying as your latest fashion better because there's um, there's a few songs, maybe maybe two songs on the Dragon Me as you that aren't quite up to par for me um, with the rest of the album. But yeah, but the rest of the album is like really really good. Yeah, they're really neck and neck in my book. But I mean, I'd say. Fashionably late isn't too far behind. Not too far. It's uh, it, uh, Ronnie Radke once again proves that he can make a good album. Yeah, and is... once again proves that he surrounds himself with the most talented people he can find, and they all believe in his vision. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of like um, who, who am I trying to think of? Somebody that just has a revolving. Oh, Panic at the Disco. Panic at the Disco. Or, yeah, it's um, like just Brendan Urie. Or but... even I don't I don't know if you looked at the writing credits, but a lot of the songs were just written by Ronnie. Which means I think I mean, he also wrote the instrumental parts. Yeah, I could. I, he's yeah. like a, he's like a modern day Robert Smith. Yeah, because like Robert Smith famously wrote everything for the first like what six albums of The Cure. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he refused to let the other members write anything. Yeah, I mean, Ronnie has. I mean, you know, made some questionable decisions on this album, especially. But but I mean, I mean he's he been he's a, been in the game for almost twenty years. Yeah, I mean he has. And this was I mean, ten. Dude, this is. What, uh, seven years after his first, like, studio album? Yeah, I mean, he's been rapping since he was shitting in Pampers. Yeah, and now he he climbed the ladder to the top. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but, um, one last thing I wanted to say is this album is kind of what MGK wishes he could be. Oh, yeah. And I I liked MGK's rap album. I will be the first one to admit that I was, I was into MGK at the time. I, I mean, he has, are you talking about the one with Wild Boy on it? Yeah, I I like Wild Boy. Fucking Bop. Like, I love that song. That's really. I've probably heard more. I know that there was an album after, uh, maybe after that one, maybe a couple after that one when he was still rapping that had some decent songs that I've heard, but I'm, I can probably speak for you as well. Like, his pop-punk stuff just doesn't do it for me. I it's mean, not bad. It's yeah, not, I mean, not it's, that I want. You no, know, I'm not going to, like, hate on it. I, I don't like him as a person. I don't think he deserves... Like, he's kind of overrated and underrated yeah. at the same time. Like... You know, people definitely overrate him with his pop punk stuff, saying that like, oh, this is like the next Blink One Eighty Two shit, like that. Like, I don't think it's that good, but I also don't think it's like as awful as a lot of people say it is from yeah. what I've heard. But I mean, I can't really speak too much on it. I haven't listened to either of his newer pop punk albums. Yeah, I, I've listened to one song from it, and it's not it's not bad. Yeah. But like, I, I think I've grown out of pop punk a little bit. Yeah, maybe maybe one day those can be. Uh, Maybe, but uh, maybe be an episode that we we can we can give them a listen. Uh, but I say I say listen to the whole album. Yeah, I'd say uh, it, it whether you like Ronnie, breath. yeah, whether you like Ronnie Radke or not, give the album a shot. Don't listen to what the haters say. Yeah, I mean, especially um, if you're, you know, if you listened to it back in the day and didn't fuck with it, or if you've only recently discovered Falling in Reverse based off their new songs. I mean, you probably will like a lot of what. Yeah, this especially has to offer. if you came, if you like their new song, you'll. You'll like most of this. Uh, there's a couple songs that are almost duds, but yeah. I think at the end of the day, even the duds are good songs. Yeah, the worst parts of this album are just some of the some of the lyrics for sure, and then some of the ways the genres mesh. Yeah, sometimes sometimes, they, sometimes they they clash a little bit, but at the end yeah. of the day, it's they're yeah. all solid songs. Yeah, and then I mean, game over. You know, you'll probably either love it for how bad it is or just despise it for how bad it is but <laughs> i say other than that song i mean you know every song has some merits to it so yeah um so thank you for listening to one last breath we will see you next episode with who knows yeah
Who knows? <laughs> Whatever we decide to do next week. <laughs>